Hey everybody, welcome back to Concierge Confidential. I'm your host, Brian Ortega, and we are going to hit our best of segment. So uh, this episode is pretty much going to focus on some of my favorite experiences of the year, uh, some of the things that I did, some of the things that I was really excited to do, uh, maybe some things I want to rethink in terms of restaurants in Vegas and experiences, uh, and also some trends that I think that we, may, we might have going into uh, 2024. So this is sort of a highlight episode of some of my favorite things uh, that I did throughout the year in 2023. So again, thank you so much for listening. And this is the best of Concierge Confidential coming up next. Okay, everybody. So let's go ahead and dive into some of my favorite things this year. Or best ofs. I have to give these a name, like con- the Concierge Confidential Awards or the Confidential Awards, but we don't actually give them it to anybody. But I don't know. I'm workshopping that uh, right now as we speak. So I kind of wanted to just sort of explain or go over some of the things that I really enjoyed this year. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and start off with uh, one of my most interesting and most exciting experiences that I did. And I was kind of going through TikTok and trying to figure out what videos I made for uh, this, you know, this pod. And one of the things I remember is uh, a very unique experience that I had to do a quick turnaround on, and that was the Barbie Dream Hotel over at Circa. So I was actually, I you know, I saw it one day, and then I went, uh, it was like on a Tuesday, and then I went Wednesday to actually experience it, and then I had to have everything up be, you know, before Thursday when the movie came out. And that was actually really fun to see that there was something in the world that, was here in Las Vegas as well that was part of the zeitgeist of pop culture because I love pop culture I love films um if you really like movies you could check out the box office bets podcast which is on the neon smoke you know feed where we actually talk about betting on the Oscars which that's always fun but other than that I, I really really enjoy you know movies and such and you don't really see them sort of you know penetrate the sort of the general mass audience like you used to so seeing Barbie be a thing here in Vegas, at least for, you know, a weekend was super, super fun. I had all the pink drinks over at Circa, which uh, you can still get a variation of a couple of them. You just say, you know, can you make the pink drink that you made for Barbie? And they're typically able to make it. They had like the Barbie dream uh, hotel or bar the Barbie sunrise and things like that. So uh, that was really cool. It was also, (laughs) Um, not, I didn't get as drunk as people thought I would. Um, even though, you know, you, you got tipsy pretty fast. Uh, my favorite of all those drinks was the one probably at the top at the legacy club. Cause they actually added some egg white, which was nice. And that was probably the, f- my favorite cocktail of, of all of them. Um, and the shot was cool too. Uh, my least favorite was probably the one that was outside. That was a daiquiri. That one probably wasn't, uh, my, my favorite of things, but it's interesting. So, uh, yeah, definitely the Barbie Dream Hotel was one of my more favorite experiences that I did uh, here in town. So uh, I did go to a couple hotel openings, and I've been to a lot of hotels throughout, you know, the um, 
the podcast. Uh, really fun that we actually started this podcast, you know, a year before a couple of hotels opened. So we were actually able to experience those, which um, if you stay tuned, I'm actually going to do a sort of wrap up of what it was like to stay at the Fountain Blue probably later in the week. Um, so you can actually take it, check it out. Um, I'm doing a longer video for that. That's going to be on YouTube um, that can show you the rooms that they have at Fountain Blue, as well as the you know, some of the restaurant offerings that I did and sort of like the casino floor in general. Uh, but that might be fun. But kind of going over it. So what is my favorite hotel of 2023? So I have to say, I'm going to pick two. I'm going to pick two choices. So my favorite hotel that I would say that I will probably go to the most in 2024 is Fountain Blue. Uh, Fountain Blue is definitely my vibe. Uh, it's not everybody's vibe. It can be very, very expensive. But the cool thing about their property is that it has a lot of restaurants in it, which means a lot of places for me to go and sort of hang out, drink, look and see what's happening. But also just to hang out and lounge myself um, and explore different things. And it's also a very elegant hotel. I've always wanted hotels that really made me feel like it was Ocean's Eleven times, which is still like 2002. But it was, it's really what I want from a hotel in Las Vegas. It's elegant. It feels, you know, very much its own place. It's not part of a corporation, at least a corporation in Las Vegas. And it's a thing that I can see myself going back and trying multiple times over the year. And it can only get better. And they can only add more shops, more restaurants, more lounges um, that they haven't. You know, some of them aren't all open yet. But I would say that's the hotel that I'm most excited to see in 2024. So the Fountain Blue is my favorite new hotel in Las Vegas. My favorite of the hotels that are already standing here, uh, I would actually say, hmm, how do I do this? So let me actually tell you the my favorite hotel in terms of dining, because I think that's a good way to look at it. So what I think is the best hotel in terms of restaurants I would certainly say at the Venetian Palazzo. I know it's cheating, it's two. But the Venetian Palazzo probably have the most exciting and diverse choices of food uh, in the entire property, other than maybe Fountain Blue, which is a little bit different, but all very high-end. But you can find really everything at the Venetian and the Palazzo. Um, it also includes probably one of my favorite restaurants in one of those properties. Uh, but I really have to say that the Venetian and the Palazzo do a great job with their you know, dining offerings and uh, the hotel itself, you know, it's, it feels sort of an interesting place right now, but the actual restaurants, I think do a really, really good job. So highly recommend that place. Um, also just a shout out to Bellagio for always being great, but I do have to say that Bellagio, your bartenders, they need to step it up. They need to be a little bit better behind bar just as a property wide sort of announcement uh, for, for the property. Um, so going on sort of on my other best ofs, I would say probably one of the best free attractions in Las Vegas, um, are at the Bellagio. Why do I say are? Because that's multiple. So there's going to be two of them. So one of them certainly being the Botanical Gardens, which this year, the best one was the summertime one where it was actually, it could have been maybe last year, but, um, I believe it was actually dressed up at, in the springtime with these big giant, um, hot air balloons that were made out of roses, which that was beautiful when I saw that, when, that, that the first time. So it was really fantastic. But year in, year out, this will probably always be my favorite free attraction, and that is the Bellagio Fountains in front of the Bellagio. And kind of funny we're bringing it up this year. There's been such a hot topic on these particular 
fountains um, because they've been blocked off during F1. And then also for the Super Bowl, it was announced that they're going to have one of their main desks, which when you say a main desk for the Super Bowl, it's actually like three giant desks that will make up the backdrop uh, for the Super Bowl itself. So everyone's up in arms about it. Um, I would love to do an episode one day about all of the and it feels like it was a thing this year that Vegas influencers have become kind of big, um, just in, in general. And now they're starting to fight with each other, which is even great. Uh, even, e- e- greater thing happening in the city. Um, and I'm just kind of just flying under the radar, just doing my own thing. Um, but yeah, a lot of, lot of funny, crazy things going on in the world of influencers in Las Vegas. So uh, kind of as we just sort of go through what's been my favorite event that I've done. Um, and in terms of event, I mean like a show or a concert that I did. And I would say it's really a tie. I would say that I went to go see Adele with my mom and probably one of the most amazing concert sort of experiences uh, that you can get here in town. Uh, it's really, really cool to be able to go see Adele. Um, I actually saw her when we were having, they were actually, she was actually filming like a DVD or a special inside the Coliseum, but nothing just sort of adds up to what Adele is like inside of the Coliseum with, uh, you know, the very plush red seats. And then she's very elegant. It just really feels like a night that everybody gets dressed up and it feels very like 1950s Vegas where you would have went and gone and seen like Lena Horne or Frank Sinatra and uh, those type of cats. So I know I said cats because I'm cool. Uh, but yeah, I would say that's definitely one of the more amazing things that would you know come to Las Vegas is Adele. Uh, I only went to one other concert really here in Las Vegas, and that was uh, Ed Sheeran, which Ed Sheeran played at Allegiant Stadium, which was you know quite fantastic. I, he was part of the whole like cancel right before the concert started, and then had to reschedule which uh, didn't affect me, but it affected a lot of people who were traveling. Uh, but Ed Sheeran put on a great show. He brought out the lead singer of uh, The Killers and I think tried to make it a really special night for a lot of the people that were in attendance. So uh, definitely props to uh, Ed Sheeran for that. So as we kind of move along here, let's go ahead and go on to one of my favorite things that I've eaten well, I've been here in Las Vegas, or at least for this year. So this year, I've had a couple different things. So I kind of wanted to make a little bit of a sort of a, a baby list, if you will. So one of my favorite things that I've eaten, I have to go to TikTok to just sort of scrape through and see what we're feeling out here. But definitely one of them having to be... Um, Definitely having to be escargot was actually a sneaky surprise of something that I really, really enjoyed. Okay, let's not overstate it. That was quite enjoyable, and I was really excited to try it, and I was nervous, but it actually, I didn't die, which is always nice. So the escargot from Bardot was really, really tasty. I would also say that any of the dishes over at Wakuda were absolutely fantastic. Uh, Wakuda's over at the Palazzo. And would recommend it to anybody who likes sushi or wants a really sexy restaurant or a vibe or a lounge. Wakuda is absolutely fantastic. Um, one of my favorite discoveries would certainly be a couple speakeasies, I suppose. But most, most, mostly, this was sort of my first big post that got a lot of traction. And that was the speakeasy at... Uh, at Caesar's Palace inside of, where was it called? Absinthe. So it's called Pier 17. 
Pier 17, Pier 17, Pier 19, Pier 17 Yacht Club, which is located right next to the Big Top, uh, which that was, you know, really fun to sort of do it for the first time. I think I was the first person to actually have video of how to find the speakeasy, um, what was inside of it, and it was delicious. So that was actually a really fun discovery for sure. Um, I was also able to go to Michael's, which is the very high-end restaurant, very classic Vegas-style restaurant uh, over at the South Point of all places, and it was absolutely fantastic. My dad always says it's one of his favorite meals he's ever had, and I think that's awesome that my dad actually really enjoyed it. So um, if you haven't seen a lot of these experiences, you can actually check them out on any of my social pages. So you can check it out on my TikTok, which is at Keys to Vegas. You can also check it out on my Instagram, which is at Concierge Confidential underscore LV for any of the videos of these experiences as well, of course. So as I'm kind of sort of bit bopping around, my favorite drink that I had, which that's a very long list that I can kind of go down because I've actually, I think I've gone out of my way to try many, many different drinks uh, here in the city. And my favorite drink is an old fashioned. It will always be an old fashioned. It's one that I can drink over and over and over and over again. But a little tip for those of you wondering, how do you get yourself to drink slower? Uh, it's actually to drink something that you maybe don't like all the time. So I've had many, many drinks in town that I maybe wasn't feeling super confident about. Uh, but, you know, it, I slow down. I take my time taking a sip of each one just to make sure I'm trying it to the fullest. And also, I might not like it, so it's taking me a long time. But uh, old fashions are my, you know, favorite thing. But I did do a top five cocktails that I've had and one of them actually being over at the Nomad Bar which is over at the Park MGM and the Nomad Bar actually has a just a huge number of cocktails that they can make they're really really smart mixologists I know we hate when we say the word mixologist but that's really what they are because they make such good cocktails but they made an amaretto sour with an egg white uh, which my mom had never had before. She's only had it on the rocks because she's from Tucson. That's kind of how they make it. But they said, you know, you want it up with an egg white. And honestly, one of the most delicious things I've had this year in terms of any food or drink was the Amaretto Sour from the Nomad Bar. Um, and on top of that, I should tell you my favorite bar. So um, this is sort of like the big windup. What's my favorite cocktail bar in Las Vegas? Uh, I definitely would say... Let's see. This is the thing is that I don't want to tell you my favorite cocktail bar because it also coincides with my favorite restaurant in Las Vegas. So actually, I think I can do this one without spoiling both. So my favorite lounge in Las Vegas is by far 100% Wakuda over at the Palazzo, which I would say their restaurant is probably one of the better restaurants in town as well definitely say it's inside of my top five even maybe my top three and as much as I had to sort of you know maybe kick it out from being number one um, I think that they do an absolutely fantastic job with their cuisine it's very Japanese it's very ingredient forward and they don't just do sushi but their sushi is fantastic and they also do a really really great job with their duck they also have just like a regular chicken which is honestly the best chicken you'll ever have in your life they also have a really great selection of wagyu steaks they have kobe steaks as well and then also the bartenders do an amazing job inside of the lounge over at wakuda which is separate from the restaurant and it's 100 a totally different experience than the restaurant itself and they also have their omasake room 
which is sort of like a speakeasy, you know, in quotation marks. Uh, but it's an omasake room that has its own bar as well. Shout out to Lou who works there. Lou, really great bartender over at Wakuda. But Wakuda should be just absolutely on top of anybody's list who really, really enjoys sushi or Japanese cuisine. So with that, let's move on over to my favorite dining experience, my favorite restaurant. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put these together just because I think they should work together. And that is Delilah's over at the Wynn Hotel and Casino. Delilah's is quite honestly just going to be one of the most sought after reservations in Las Vegas. I would say right behind uh, Carbone, just because Carbone to me seems like one of the harder places to actually get a reservation. Um, I actually haven't been to Carbone yet, but I've heard it's, you know, absolutely fantastic. But again, I would definitely put uh, Carbone up against, you know, a lot of places, but Delilah's itself is a really fantastic dining experience, just sort of straight out of the 1960s. It really feels like Don Rickles would be on the stage. It feels like one of the, you know, big performers like Dean Martin or Sammy Davis Jr., would grace the stage sort of after playing a whole night of blackjack or craps. And it just feels like a happening place. It's just one of those places that is consistently the spot to be. And whether that's at the bubble bar, which is on the very top of Delilah's, which has two floors, obviously they have, you know, really good cuisine, which uh, I have to say one of my favorite dishes over at Delilah's is their, is their Wagyu beef tacos wagyu korean beef tacos which are unbelievable and out of this world delicious they are so so good and they're actually on both menus for on the lounge area and then also in the restaurant but 100 percent you have to get them when you go but also their bathrooms are stupendous but again delilah's to me is the best dining experience in las vegas uh bar none uh if i had to recommend a couple other ones that i would say are really good um, Mayfair is really fun, definitely great for bachelorette parties, definitely great if you want to have a good time, and they have live singers, of course, a little bit easier to get into, and you get a great view of the fountains as well, but Mayfair is very similar to Delilah's, but Delilah's is really a step above Mayfair at this point, uh, but again, really, really great options for both of those. Uh, so with that, I think I sort of listed my favorites. So now let's go into some trends that I think are going to become a thing in 2024 and some things that I think need to stop. So let's start with the things that need to stop because I've actually done a couple of these, you know, in the same year. And one of them being, they're one of the things I love about Vegas. And one of the things I'm starting to hate about Vegas is that every single place when it opens, especially if it's trendy, especially if it's connected to a nightclub, is speakeasies. Speakeasies used to be so cool that they were something that you'd have to find. You had to look for it. There was no promotion for it. But this year, I think we've gone overboard with the speakeasies. The ones that are around are perfectly fine, but we're just adding too many to where now it just feels like a you know just another bar that is connected to your restaurant that everybody knows about. The whole point is you don't know that's there, and that's why we're excited about it. So I love places like Ghost Donkey, the Ski Lodge, those places are doing it right for sure because uh, you had to find them. You don't, it's not advertised. You just have to know that it's there. Um, there are places, for example, uh, like there's a place over at the MGM Grand inside of their Italian restaurant that has a speakeasy. Durango, which is off the strip, has a speakeasy inside of their Mexican restaurant. And again, it just feels overdone. It just feels like everybody's doing it. Just make a really nice lounge or a nice bar. 
I get the whole point of it is that it's sort of part of the fabric of that property, but enough with the speakeasies. We're done with those. They're, they're out. The style is not cool anymore. Uh, it's been over-corporatized, starting with the one at the Aria, which is uh, Easy Donuts. Come on. I mean, that one's fine. But, I mean, I even went in and I did a video, and I just didn't even put it together just because I was just so uninspired to talk about the property and the spot. And when you go in, there's a minimum. It's just, it's just so ridiculous. Speakeasy should be a fun in, you're out. That's all you need for, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Um, when it becomes a whole, like, they're charging you by the hour sort of thing, super duper becomes uncool. Which I want everybody to know that if you do go to the Easy Donut Speakeasy, is that if you want a chair, which that's the only way you can actually sit inside of the, inside of the um, lounge, is you have to reserve it by a minimum. So you have to say, yeah, I'm going to spend $100 in this hour. It's lame. It's lame. I don't like it. I'm really not a big fan of it. So again, that's just me kind of getting down at the very beginning. But yeah, that's it. So as we continue, uh, let's go in and tell you what I think the restaurant trend of 2024 is going to be, which I actually mentioned this when I did my sort of fall preview of you know trends in Las Vegas. And one of them definitely is going to be more Mediterranean on the Las Vegas Strip. So many restaurants are opening with Mediterranean in mind. Again, like I said on that previous podcast, a lot of it has to come down to the diet. A lot of it comes down to an untapped resource of people really wanting to be in the French Riviera but not having the money to actually go there. So they're going to go and actually eat at the restaurant instead. I mean, Venetian and Palazzo have like four Mediterranean-specific restaurants they have Manzon or Manzon, Manzon. Am I get it right? Who knows? They have that one. They have, they have the one that's sort of its sort of fast food option for it. They have the one above, which is um, based around flowers. And then also they they open another one, which is going to be over at. I mean, the Venetian also has Milos, which is more Greek and Mediterranean cuisine. You have LPM at the Cosmopolitan, which is supposed to be French Riviera cuisine. Cathedral, which is at the Aria, that's certainly going to be French, and uh, you know French Riviera, sort of Mediterranean. Uh, I also talked to a uh, a gentleman who was applying to be a barback or a uh, excuse me a food runner or a porter over at the Wynn, which they're coming up with a Mediterranean-themed concept, and it just feels like that's the direction we're going. And again, you have to always remember, and I watched Top Chef on Netflix the other day, and they had one in Vegas, and it's just so funny to see how Vegas cuisine sort of transforms throughout the years, and it's always changing. It's always becoming a new thing. Um, I do believe that French cuisine is going to make a comeback in Vegas. just feels like people are, you know, sort of ready for it, and I think that's certainly what you're going to be seeing more of when you're, you know, here in town. So uh, a couple other trends. Uh, definitely you've seen it already. A lot of the food halls for a lot of the new restaurant, new hotels. Um, I would predict that we're gonna close another buffet on the strip at some point. I would say it's probably gonna be like the Bellagio or maybe the Cosmopolitan. I definitely feel like the Cosmopolitan is a buffet that might be going away soon. And again, it you know just feels sort of like a projection, but uh, it does feel very possible that that is gonna be a property without a buffet very very soon. 
Um, what is the cuisine that I think might come next, which is always the fun one. So what do I think will come next? Uh, I would definitely say an untapped resource that we haven't fully gotten behind in Las Vegas uh, to a certain extent is Indian cuisine. Um, I don't like Indian cuisine. It's just not my palate. I'm not, I don't really enjoy spicy food. Um, although they have beautiful spices and you just, you know, you can go and you can smell all these wonderful spices in, in an Indian restaurant, but it does feel like that's sort of an untapped resource. And we have so many guests that come from India or are Indian that live in the United States and Indian cuisine certainly has a lot of restrictions. A lot of people who come from India um, are practicing vegetarians, but it's actually not, you know, in, in general, that's not really a thing for the rest of the world. You have a lot of Indians, uh, even regular Indian food from India um, has meat options as well. So it's very similar to like um, um, America in terms of, you know, the dietary restrictions. I mean, in India, albeit it is religious, but you're getting a lot more people in the United States who are vegetarian and vegan, which is becoming more accustomed. So you're actually able to get a lot of these different types of cuisines in that like Greek and Mediterranean cuisine is very uh, vegetable and, you know, wheat uh, based and a lot of stuff comes from the sea like fish. So you do get this type of, you know, diversity. And I think Indian cuisine is certainly going to make maybe an impact in Las Vegas, at least incrementally as we get in, because we used to have the Grand Bistro, uh, the Grand, Bist Grand Bistro um, over at the Rio, which was uh, Indian cuisine, which I think if they built a restaurant that did fine dining, Indian cuisine would make so much money. We did it with Mexican cuisine, and I, you know, I'm Mexican, and it's very simple food, but if done correctly, there's so many unique ingredients and spices, uh, that people really, really enjoy in their hometowns that they would love to indulge in it when they come to the city of Las Vegas. So I think just like how Mexican food was sort of the big thing and Mediterranean sort of the thing now, I would say Indian cuisine is certainly a cuisine that's definitely going to be implemented here in the city of Las Vegas. Um, I would say definitely see maybe the return of nightclubs. Uh, nightclubs certainly felt like not they were on the way out they're always going to be here but felt like it was losing a little bit of their luster but i think with the opening of live which is over at the the, Fount the fountain blue you're going to see nightclubs come back a little bit more uh, i don't think you're going to see as many exclusive deals for these djs because a lot of djs used to only be at one nightclub but i do think you're going to see a lot more sort of focus on the nightclub industry and also with that being said a lot more rappers residencies here in Las Vegas. Post Malone's going to be at the Fountain Blue for their New Year's Eve. I can definitely, you know, Justin Timberlake was there before, but he's not rap. He's, you know, pop. But I definitely can see uh, T-Pain has a residency over at the Resorts World inside of their nightclub, which I was bummed. I wish it was just going to be in their regular, you know, showroom. But it's not. So you'd have to go to the nightclub, but T-Pain is doing that. So, uh, Usher already kind of broke ground in the R&B scene for residencies for these type of artists. So I definitely see more hip hop and rap artists doing residencies, maybe in regular spaces, because they've already done them in nightclubs, but in regular spaces is what I'm talking about for uh, for Las Vegas. But who knows? We'll see how that goes. So really all I got for you guys. I mean, I really thought about, you know, some of the trends I thought were going to be coming back, but uh, I think 2024 is going to be great. Um, 
thinking about doing a pod after New Year's. We'll think about it. But other than that, just really appreciate everybody for listening to the podcast. I really thank you guys for you know, sending in your requests and your questions. I got one about nightclubs. I had to get the best out of them. So I'll probably have to talk about that sometime soon. Uh, probably after the new year, it's always kind of a weird time to do, you know, unique episodes in December. But again, I will get to that as soon as possible. So again, if you want me to do a personalized itinerary, send me over some of the details on my Instagram, which is concierge confidential underscore LV. And of course, check out all of our videos on TikTok at which is at keys to Vegas. And uh, again, you can check out our YouTube page for any of our some of our content. There's only, I think, one video up there right now, um, both shorts, but I'm going to try to do more videos on YouTube as well. So um, if you're interested in a live stream, maybe tell me that you might be interested in it and I'll try to figure out something fun to do it from or do it at. Uh, but again, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Concierge Confidential. If you see me out in town, awesome. Come say hello. Would love to have a drink with you. Uh, but if you see me, remember, keep it confidential. 